Hello and welcome back to our podcast, Not Just Skin Deep. I am Misha, aka Mish, Sheesh, whatever you want to call me. Um, and I'm here with my lovely friend and co-host, the creator of this fabulous podcast, Kimo. Hello. How are we doing today, Kimo? How are you feeling? I'm doing really good today. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. You still wearing your sun cream? I am, yes, still doing my gratitude as well, which I think has made the biggest impact in my day-to-day life. Are you still getting your steps in? Um, I've been really bad, but I'm getting straight. Basically, dogs hurt her foot, can't get the steps in right now because um, she can't walk. And I, I'm not going to walk without her because I'm just not that determined. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once Mishki's sprained foot gets better, I'm going to get back to it, Kima. I promise you I won't let you down. I won't let you down. I will not let you down. I have every single faith in you. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So last episode, we spoke all about fact or fiction, true or false, however you want to call it. Um, you know, typical myths that we hear amongst like the fitness and health industry. And you kindly went into a lot of detail and corrected a lot of these, you know, fi- fiction things that we've been hearing over the last sort of like decade, really, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so... And that was so helpful. But today is my turn and we're going to do all about beauty. So I'm sure there's a thousand things that we could kind of go into detail here. But we've picked like five to ten or I've picked five to ten. I'm going to basically say a statement to Keems. You're going to say if you think it's true or false and I'm going to elaborate on the answer. Yes, I am so excited for this because as such a beauty novice, there are so many things that... I can just think of now and I'm already thinking is that true is it not so hopefully we can well hopefully you can clear up um lots of those for us and make us just all feel a little bit better about it yeah I hope so I mean obviously every single person um who works in beauty has their own take on how they do things so you know it's going to be slightly generalized to how I handle the treatments um but yeah I think it will put loads of rumors to rest and also I know that people sometimes feel super anxious around the topic of like beauty and aesthetics because it's just like people just feel like a fish out of water don't they because they just don't have the information to to like learn about it so hopefully I'll help you out today yeah I do think there's a lot of stigma around uh the beauty industry and aesthetics in general um I know myself included I have thought quite a few things of it and you have put me right on a few of them so I'm just really excited to hear more and for everybody else to learn more as well yeah okay well that's what I'm here to do you know I just I want it I want this industry to be seen as you know um a really it's a really valued industry it's just it doesn't get the credit it deserves sometimes because it can be mis miscon what's the word it can be misconstrued so Number one, going straight in with the big and juicy one here. Chemo. Yes. Do lip fillers make you look fake? Be honest. Okay, so honestly, um, I would have said yes. However, I have recently spoken to Misha about getting my own lips done. Um, I can confirm I did ask her this as well, little naive old me. Um but from what she told me I'm going to say no they do not 100% lip fillers do not make you look fake this is the number one thing that is so 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 
kind of like miss 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 what was the word the fancy word you just used misconstrued <laughs> misconstrued i keep wanting to say like misconception but i can't put it into a word right but yes this is number one thing that i think everyone has that kind of opinion on and i'll tell you why well i don't need to tell you why you probably got that opinion from from watching or seeing certain celebrities in the media or on certain tv shows now lip filler itself can look fake if you go to town and have a shitload of it let's be honest like with anything in life yes of course it can look fake if it's overdone and you do loads one appointment of lip filler is not going to do that to you now we would never put in more than one mil of lip filler in any sitting so that kind of gives you an example of what i'm trying to say here right yes definitely um I think it's very, very easy to look at someone and be like, she looks fake. She's had her lips done. And you know what? She probably has had a lips done. She probably has had a little bit too much. But that's not how every single practitioner works. And obviously, it's down to client preference and how you want it to look. And I think what we do is um, we were taught to just enhance what you've already got. Keep it really, really natural. Keep it simple. I mean, every practitioner will have their own type of style to how they take on this treatment. But yeah, we definitely prefer it to be a little bit more natural. A little bit more like you shouldn't really know that you've had your lips done because it will be done so naturally. So in theory, unless you've gone to town on these treatments, they're not going to look fake. I absolutely love that part that you just said that if you've had it done you won't even know you've had it done if it's been done naturally. Yeah, you won't. And, you know, who am I to sit here and say, like, chemo, you should only get this amount in your lips. Like, obviously, that's what I think. I'm the practitioner. I'm the one who has to take your face into account and make sure that you still look like you at the end of the day. But if you came to me and said you want to look like a blow-up doll, I, I probably wouldn't do that to you. But there is practitioners out there that you know, we'll do that because at the end of the day, you're a paying customer and that's what you want. I will just try to advise against it. But honey, if you want to go and look like a blow up doll, go look like a blow up doll. But that's not down to one meal of lip filler. That is down to repeated sessions of lip filler done probably quite quickly and close together. So to summarize, no, lip filler doesn't make you look fake. Too much lip filler can make you look fake. I'm so glad you said that because I just can't even imagine what I'm going to look like with lip filler. For those of you who don't know me, I have no lips whatsoever. I have like a thin pink line. Um, So anything is going to be such a big change for me. But I'm putting my lips into Misha's hands and I trust her explicitly. I'll be honest with you. A few of my clients just before Christmas, um, before we got locked down again, one of them is actually like quite a good friend of mine. She's got really similar lips to you. They're not non-existent by any means, but obviously you're conscious of them. And we just started with half a syringe because, you know, I'm all about a journey. Don't think you should rush into anything, which is exactly what we're going to do with you. Her own father did not know that she had had her lips done. Okay. So if your own biological father <laughs> doesn't know <laughs> that your daughter's just come back from a lip appointment, by, by the way, they were swollen as well. Right. So obviously they look quite. Yeah. Um, exaggerated as soon as you've had them done because you've you've got you've had a lot of trauma and swelling to the lips but as soon as they go down they look great so they were swollen so they were hypothetically at their biggest mm-hmm. man didn't realize that his own daughter had done it however he was one of those dads that would say don't you ever get your lips done right yeah so and he still doesn't know he still doesn't know <laughs> hey that's insane do you know i've told a few people that i'm getting it done and i have had a few why why and i honestly think 
if there is something that you would like to not completely change, but maybe just enhance a little bit on yourself or something that you can change. And if you have that power to do it, then 100% go for it. Your confidence is paramount over anything else. 100%. Your confidence is everything. And it's so difficult, um, me personally, being in this industry because I'm so I'm such a person where it's just like, love yourself the way you are. Embrace, you know, I've got small boobs. I'm like, embrace the small tits. You know, I'm all about like embracing <laughs> yourself as you are. But ultimately... Yeah. If something's if if you want to change it, honey, it's your face, your rules. You do whatever you want to do. Like literally, no one else can tell you what to do. Um, I think it's just really important that you go with a practitioner who whose work you like, and you do some research behind that as well. So yeah, that's what I would say. Obviously, if you go to town and get too much of anything done, you're going to look fake. But what we're saying here is the things that I'm talking about is obviously like a one treatment thing or a couple of treatments that, you know, spaced correctly, what I would say correctly over X amount of time. You're not going to look fake. You're not going to look like that. No, you're not going to look like your worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yes, queen. I, yeah, I love everything you just said there and I cannot wait for my own journey with you. Perfect. Well, I'm so excited to have you down. I mean, I'm just, yeah, so excited. Okay. So carrying on from true or false. So, we know that in the past, like, you know, in the 60s, 70s and whatnot, people were using silicone mm-hmm. for their lip fillers and, you know, facial fillers. And, you know, you could think of a few people that unfortunately, yeah, they're, they're not looking the best from having these treatments done. So true or false, do you think we still use silicone in our products today? For this one, I'm going to say yes, I do. Right, okay, that is false. We do not use silicone anymore. I mean, there might be a minority somewhere in the world that are still operating with silicone. And, you know, for certain surgeries, that will still be required. But the most popular and the most well used nowadays, the filler that we use in lips, chin, cheek, jaw, whatever kind of area you're getting on, like, changed in your face, it is used with hyaluronic acid. So you've probably heard of hyaluronic acid because it's in all of your fancy moisturizers and creams and stuff that you hear on the TV adverts where you've got Eva Longoria talking about hyaluronic acid and how she's got not wrinkles <laughs> and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But no, we've come such a long way from the days of silicone and awful things that used to be used. Like this is the 21st century, guys. Obviously, we've moved with the times. So filler is literally made up of hyaluronic acid. What is hyaluronic acid, I hear you ask? <laughs> I was literally just going to ask that. So hyaluronic acid is basically, it's like a, it's a substance that's found within our own tissue. It's actually found in like really weird places in our body, like um, in the eye socket joints and stuff like that. Um, oh. What I'm trying to say here is it's a naturally forming thing that's found in our body. So it's nothing foreign, nothing harsh, nothing coming from like a different animal or planet or do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. something that we naturally have occurring in our bodies. So it's basically made up of things that are naturally found in your bodies and it's a gel-like substance. So it's not a hard silicone thing like it once was. It's basically been designed to be much safer for, for your body to obviously absorb. And once the filler starts to break down, your body just absorbs it back anyway. So it's not like you have to get it taken out. Okay, that's cool. Um, Just off the back of that, I do want to ask, how long does filler usually last for? 
Okay, this literally isn't really like a one kind of question answer because there's loads of different types of fillers. Although it's made of hyaluronic acid, there's obviously still different ways that it could be like compounded together and the ways that it can be used. So there's different fillers for different things. Something that you would use, you know, against the bone to create like a more angled jawline might be something different to what you'd use in your lips where you want a more softer filler. Okay. So loads of things can actually either speed up or slow down the process of how quickly it can last. Actually this will be interesting for you Kim's obviously working as a PT so all things like your metabolic rate and stuff can affect this as well so if you've got a high metabolism you're going to break down the filler a lot quicker than someone who's got a slow metabolism oh wow that is interesting yeah loads of little things like that um other things as well like how much you exercise can increase the chance of it breaking down quicker to people who don't exercise again you're just obviously working it through your body quicker yeah literally like the physical aspect of it as well is if you're gonna sit there and like twiddle with it all day you're gonna naturally break it away from the yeah. shape that it's been designed to be in um so yeah there's there's loads of different aspects to this and obviously then the fillers itself go into a thousand different options but to summarize it will last probably anywhere between like the minimum you're looking at is probably like six months anywhere up to 18 months but the more that you have it topped up because obviously it dissolves it naturally like goes back into your body so you're not going to have that look all the time for the next kind of 18 months it's going to gradually go down and down yeah if you were to have like top-up sessions the more top-up sessions you have the more you kind of build like a tolerance to it and it will stay in your okay oh that is so interesting yes thank you that was you're welcome perfect. so when you get your lips done yeah you're probably they're probably going to break down quite quickly because you're a very active person with probably quite a high metabolism am I right I don't know if I have quite a high metabolism but um I'm a very active person so yeah maybe I'll take a few weeks off just to let them last a little bit longer (laughs) no that's not going to make a difference (laughs) but I do think six months is still quite a long time yeah so the first time you get filler done um your body breaks it down a little bit quicker because it's like oh what's this new shiny thing going on here and it just sort of breaks it down um a little bit quicker than when you've been having it done a couple of times so yeah the it's just something to know the first time you have it done it will be the quickest and then it will yeah gradually start to last a bit longer very interesting thank you you're welcome okay so straight to number three then this is something I hear all the time so let's talk about Botox so this saying true or false Mm -hmm. you don't need to get Botox until you're wrinkly okay um for this one I have known people get Botox um before they really have any wrinkles or when I was younger I used to think you only got Botox once you reach a certain age once the wrinkles started coming in and then as I got older I met more people who'd started having Botox younger and um there was actually one lady in Sharm who had Botox but I just loved it but she would have so much she loved it as well where she raised her eyebrows you couldn't see anything she frowned like literally no movement whatsoever and it just fascinated me (laughs) but I have recently learned that younger people can have Botox as well before they really get any wrinkles however I'm not really sure why but okay so yeah I mean what you've said there is honestly what I think probably 99% of the population do think and the only reason that I know so much about it other than the fact of me working in the industry and doing it day in day out is because I got Botox from a really young age so to clarify Botox is a preventative not a cure okay so what most people think is oh shit I'm getting you know close to my 40s I'm starting to get those really apparent 11s that are there when I'm frowning and they're not disappearing like they used to I'm here to kind of burst your bubble guys I'm really sorry anyone who's been waiting until they're 40 to get to this point and try Botox 
it's kind of too late. <laughs> <laughs> Damage is already done. You've been frowning for 40 years. Those lines, they're, they're there. They are, they're set in stone, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. are probably going to be thinking, oh my God, I definitely thought I had at least like another 10 years before I had to worry about this stuff. <laughs> um, unfortunately, if you want that kind of like wrinkle-free complexion, when you're like 40, 50, 60 and so on, you do need to start getting Botox sooner. So think of it as, you know, your muscles underneath your skin are literally contracting in order to make those lines become apparent. Whether you're raising your eyebrows and you're shocked permanently (laughs) or you're frowning because you're squinting in the sun, you're just angry, you know, your husband hasn't done dishes again, whatever it is, those lines are going to start setting in stone from the minute you start using those muscles of a very young age, right? Now, it's only wear and tear over the years when those lines gradually start to become static, what we call static lines. So the lines are there when you're no longer making the movement because years of ingraining that line there. So, yes, of course, you can wait till 40 to treat this. But what you're going to be treating is the movement of the muscle, the muscle moving, but the static line is still going to be there because they've been there for they've been there for all these years. You're not going to get rid of them. It's not a magic reversal. Right. Yeah. So in order to stop you getting the static lines, you need to start thinking about Botox now <laughs> it's probably already too late <laughs> i think it is slightly a little too late for me i do no, have some it's not uh, well i'm on the cusp i've been told i'm on the cusp hey don't <laughs> be like that <laughs> mate i took it as like i wouldn't say a compliment but i did not take it as an insult i just took it as like something to help me make my choice so basically when I come to you I'll just be getting everything done (laughs) the thing with Botox is it's really expensive and it's an upkeep and obviously that's like all of these things that we're talking about this is my industry it's an expensive industry and it's a luxury to be able to afford these things but we're just going to talk about them pretending that everyone's got an endless pot of gold right because I'm just trying to give you the facts behind it so a good way to check whether or not you think you could be eligible or ready to start thinking about Botox is if you look in the mirror and you frown and you pull your, your face goes to that pool and you've got that line right down the middle of your eyebrows that was sort mm-hmm. of above your nose then you relax is that line still there if that line's still there we're not going to be able to get rid of that line from botox because it's already a static line that's folded into your skin but if it's just a line when you're actually pulling that frown then what botox does is it effectively paralyzes that muscle to make that movement therefore creating no chance of getting the line does that make sense yes no it does massively yeah really hard to explain over a podcast (laughs) yeah no I'm totally with you so basically what you're saying is um after so many years I think everybody sees it as they start to get older they've got the lines where they raise their eyebrows they've got the lines going horizontally across the head and then for me my concentration face is a frowning face like my eyebrows come together and I get like the two lines go down like even when I squint in the sun I have it yes exactly. and at the minute it is not there when I stop frowning I don't think however I do have some really really faint lines there I am more conscious of them now so I'm trying really hard not to but um yeah what you're saying is those lines can never be gone but what I can do is prevent them from getting any worse by having this freezing the muscle and not letting those lines happen Honey, you got this. You know your Botox shit. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, you're doing, thanks, you're doing, you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> hey, thank you. Can I have a job? Um, yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting one. You know, like I see so many clients that come in at like 50, 60. And yes, of course, we can stop 
them from making that movement but then it's not your results are nowhere near going to be as good as if you could just start a bit sooner but obviously it's money and it's dedication and I completely understand why people don't do it I just want to let people know that they if they are thinking about it when they're 40 then think about it when you're 30. Yeah and I do think regardless of if we have money to do it or not it's still a really interesting subject just because it's got such a bad name for itself over the years and things are finally coming like out like I had no idea about any of that and I would have seen it as something that just like maybe the older generation would have um, to get rid of wrinkles. And now I know that it's not going to get rid of wrinkles. It's going to prevent them. Yeah, prevention, better than cure always. So but yeah. when, I have my, when I make a fortune, I'll be coming to you every week. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> um, okay, so we've touched a little bit on aesthetics and injectables. Let's go to like lashes because have you even had your lashes done before, Kima? You haven't, have you? Mate, I am the world's biggest beauty novice. I was such a tomboy that when I was a kid that none of this stuff ever interested me. Um, but no, I don't think I would get my lashes done just because of the upkeep for it. And Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah, mm. lashes, lashes are a commitment. I'm not going to lie. Lashes are a commitment. You either love them or you hate them. Um, but one of the things that kind of sits around the lash topic and stops a lot of people from getting them done is that they hear this true or false so Mm -hmm. let me ask you um okay so eyelashes damage your natural lashes true or false oh i'm on the cusp here i'm gonna say they can but then also if you look after them they won't yeah i mean you've nailed it in that answer to be honest with you that's completely true of course eyelash extensions if you're not looking after them in the ways that they require then they can damage your natural lashes that's also partially down to your lash technician to make sure that they're using suitable lengths and weight for your natural lashes and to make sure that your natural lashes aren't you know struggling to hold them underneath if you are using anything really heavy or you're not cleaning them properly or you're not looking after them properly, of course it can damage your natural lashes. But generally speaking, with good practice, it should not damage your, your natural lashes at all. OK, that's good to know if I ever decide to get them. I think lashes are really good just to do as a one off. If you've got a wedding or you're going on holiday and you don't want to wear makeup. I wear lashes because I hate wearing makeup. So I yeah. hate the feeling of like heavy makeup being on my skin and my eyes, especially even more now that we're wearing masks all the time. So I literally wear lashes because it saves me about 25 minutes of getting ready. I don't have to do anything because I just, I wake up and I look bloody great. And as you can see, I haven't got them on right now and I look like a mole rat. <laughs> you do not look like a mole rat. Um, but yes, that would be the one thing that would edge me towards getting them done if I was to go on holiday. However, answer me this. When you have lashes, can you still get them wet? Like, if I go on holiday, are they going to come out faster if I'm in and out the pool, in and out the sea? Like, sun cream on my face, in the sun, out the sun. I am honestly just so happy that you asked me that question because I it's such an obvious one to me, but obviously it's not an obvious one to anyone else. So, no, of course not. No, of course not going to come off quicker because you're going in water. Like, that is also what so many people think, which is why I just love this true or false episode that we're doing. No, look, when you get your lashes done and you're maintaining them and you're doing what you're doing, you have to clean them. You can't you can't just let all this dead skin and debris like be sitting on top of your lovely lashes that you just paid a fortune for. So you have to wash them every day. And when I say wash, I literally mean with a little brush. Yeah. Little, you know, actually getting all them little crevices and wash them. And if you have get if you do get your lashes done and you don't know how to wash them, drop me a message and I'll be more than happy to explain this to you in more detail because yeah you just that's absolutely rule 101 of lash extensions and if your lash tech hasn't told you that then naughty on her um okay 
can your lash glue melt? Like, if you're in a really hot country and you've got lashes on, can they melt and come out faster? So individual eyelash extensions and falsies that you would stick on for a night out are obviously two different things with two yeah. different types of lash glue. So let me just clear that up real quickly. So the individual ones which I'm talking about, the lash glue that we use is literally of a medical grade. So it's really, really strong and you need like a tiny, tiny amount to basically <laughs> attach the extension to the natural lash. So when we do these lashes, yeah, it's such a tiny amount. I mean... If you're in a country like Egypt, which, let me tell you, as we both know, is probably the highest humidity and heat ratio that you can... I mean, that's why I moved there, right? Because it's the warmest place on earth. For sure. <laughs> I could physically go Isn't to that why everybody goes there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so somewhere like Egypt, yes, to be honest with you, your lashes might go a tiny bit tacky because the heat of the, you know, your surroundings may cause them just to yeah go this like weird tackiness but it's not going to be anything like, I'm I'm saying that because I'm like a, I'm, I'm a professional I'm trying to give you like the most clear-cut answer but to you no your lashes are not going to melt and fall off okay that's cool right really hard to explain again sorry <laughs> <laughs> mate no that's fine I totally get it. it's just something that I've heard like you just hear all these little tidbits like about an industry that you know nothing of and then once you hear them so many times, I guess it's like the ones that we did uh, about the fitness industry. Yeah, right? exactly. You hear it that many times, they kind of all come together and then suddenly... You just don't know what think, to believe. Well, that's it. And like once you hear something so many times, you're like, surely it is true then if I keep hearing it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why there needs to be more people like me and you in the world. <laughs> exactly. It's a really That's a really tough question, by the way, that you just asked me because the glue, the tiny amount of glue that we use does become tacky and mm-hmm. it can give you the effect that your lashes are like clumping together slightly but that again once you're washing them it's fine do you know what I mean so it's really difficult for me to answer but no yeah. you're not going to off in the sun you're not going to end up with loads of lashes on your face yeah okay next one right okay so can I go to a tattoo shop to get microblading done is it the same type of thing true or false um I'm gonna say it's not the same type of thing however I am gonna say that you can get them tattooed on so I guess you could go to a tattooist Okay, this is a difficult one to answer because microblading and tattooing is two different types of things. So if you're a tattoo artist where you do lovely graphic design or whatever it is on on a body, that is different to semi-permanent makeup, a.k.a. microblading, okay? Yeah. You might have a microblading artist working out of a tattoo shop. That could well be true. But what I'm trying to say is the type of ink that you would have on a regular body tattoo is not the same as what you would have on your eyebrows microbladed. It is completely different, okay? Yeah. Even the way in which it's done. So obviously tattoos are done with like a tattoo gun. Microblading is literally done with, don't mean to scare anyone here, it's literally done with um, kind of like a sharp tool, which you are effectively carving a hair stroke effect into your eyebrow, and then you're feeling that... uh, carved out bit even though it's not carved okay. and this sounds really graphic it's it's literally not as bad as making it sound but then you would flood that area with the ink to stain okay. it and create that stroke look so it wouldn't be a block tattoo microblading is actually like it mimics what hair strokes look like so it's a much softer natural appearance no way How and it's not going to go that weird green color that you get with tattoos either that is so interesting thank you for clearing that up you're most welcome <laughs> Okay, so last one. Let's go into the wellness side of my business. And I'm going to ask you this. So most people might not even know you can do this, but you can actually take vitamins in two ways. You can take them as a tablet orally, or you can take them 
actually you take them three ways you can take them on IV drip and you can also take them like intramuscularly in injections so mm-hmm. I do the injections and I believe you take them don't you Kim you actually take oral supplements yes I do okay so true or false this vitamin injections are exactly the same as taking tablets okay I would have said yes however I seem to have learned quite a lot from you in the few weeks that we've been doing this podcast um, and just on the side I have recently found out that no they are not the same but I will let you explain that because I have no idea what I'm talking about there. <laughs> no, that's fine. So, I mean, what you're saying is effectively true. Okay, so basically the main difference between taking tablets orally and having them injected is the way in which our body consumes them. So basically, when you take oral supplements, obviously it's still full of goodness, but the way in which your body absorbs it is a bit slower because it has to go down through several processes and get broken up, uh, metabolised, etc, etc. Whereas when you are just being injected with the vitamin or medicine whatever it is then it is being directly directly into the muscle and therefore reaching your bloodstream quicker and reaching your body quicker and it hasn't got to go through the digestive process of breaking it down okay so it's going just straight to the body itself yeah that's it yeah so it doesn't have to pass through all the intestinal tract digestive tract yeah 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 yeah. so that's why it's um yeah it's definitely it's been proven in many studies that it's way more successful you get such a high absorption rate from having it consumption rate so there have been plenty of studies that actually show and they do like a test against someone taking supplements orally versus someone taking the same supplement type um intramuscularly and generally speaking you take you absorb double the amount through the injection route than you do taking it orally so I think that's a really high amount and obviously if you're paying to have those supplements you know every single day tablets are expensive do you know what I mean it is sometimes maybe worth thinking about having having go down a different route it could be more beneficial for you and you're getting all of that goodness probably reaching your body a lot quicker as well yeah that's uh, that's so interesting and I'm guessing as well that it's going to differ on each person yeah, it will differ slightly on each person and also on what it is that you're injecting as well because obviously everything everything is made up of slightly different compounds. Um, so yeah, it's just a generalisation. But as a generalisation, yes, it is proven that intramuscularly it is absorbed to the body way quicker and more efficiently than taking tablets. Do you know, that absolutely blew my mind the first time you told it to me. However, knowing what I do about the digestive system and how it breaks down everything and takes what I need, flushes out what it doesn't, I can totally see it now. But it's just something that I would never have thought of, ever. Yeah, I know. And I think it's really interesting as well. Like, obviously, like if you prefer to take tablets, by all means, just keep taking tablets. Um, you're going to still get, it's still going to be a great thing to add to your kind of like health and wellness, but you're just not going to probably see it's going to be such a gradual difference because you're taking such a small amount every single day and tablets are expensive as well whereas mm. with injections you can also do like a slightly higher dose and have it done more infrequent infrequently but it lasts a lot longer so i do b12 injections but i also do like vitamin d and vitamin c so let's talk about vitamin d just touch on it quickly you can also take vitamin d tablets daily and that's great or we do it in the form that you have an injection pretty much like once to twice a year and you have all of that vitamin D kind of like blasted into you in an injection and that will be enough to see you through all of the winter months until you feel like you need another one if you feel like you need another one and you're obviously don't have to do that as part of your routine every day you just know that you book like an annual 
injection kind of like appointment and have it all done at once yeah so it's really interesting it kind of depends how you want to do it if you're scared of injections and you don't want to kind of have a big boost all at once then just keep doing what you're doing yeah so how does it work if you get if you've like with vitamin d if you've only got to have it like once or twice a year how does it not get flushed out your system quicker or how does it not disperse quicker and it stays in there for however long so your body just stores it i mean every vitamin works slightly differently and how your body kind of um uses it and stores it but with vitamin d your body literally holds on to it for the amount of time that it needs it for and that is a longer period of time than what it would flush out b12 at for example do you know right i'm such a huge geek about the way our body works and everything and that is just so interesting i just love facts like this and finding out more about it do you know what doing vitamin injections and iv drips and stuff like that is basically just an easier way to get the shit you need done quickly (laughs) yeah yeah and although like it it can look expensive because you might look i don't know obviously like what people charge around where you are but for vitamin b12 where i am is kind of like anywhere between like 30 to 40 pound um and obviously in oral supplements is a lot cheaper but it depends how often you're taking them also what's the point in spending money on something that you're only getting such a small percentage of goodness into your body at as well so you just need to just do a bit of research you know always ask if if clinics near you guys like have it just question them and they'll, they'll kind of give you the best options yeah weighing up the pros and cons you know on the back of the back of coronavirus now vitamin d has been highly proven to link the kind of recovery process and yeah also just to kind of really keep your immune system at top notch so I do think you're going to see a lot more of it coming around and in that sense like yes it's obviously fine to get the vitamins through your fruit and veg and or supplements but if you're using like vitamin d or vitamin c to kind of fight an infection you need higher dosage of it done quite quickly yeah so that's why like vitamin c will be used quite a lot in, in treating people that have had like um that'll be like wounded or like operations and stuff because it's a wound healing vitamin so you're not going to get the same from an oral supplement taking over the period of a year than having a big blast of it and getting that get into the root cause yeah no i totally agree and i know what you're saying i personally think vitamin d tablets i've only just started this year but for me i think that's enough for the minute because we've had such nice weather so far and i'm outside so much i hope i'm absorbing what i need but yeah you'll definitely be absorbing it being outdoors it's quite different for mm-hmm. me because I haven't really been outdoors this whole year with um with coronavirus my job's obviously indoors anyway and I, I've become a hermit so I <laughs> I, I know that my vitamin d is like really really lacking yeah and I actually recently gave myself an injection for vitamin d it actually really hurt my arm I'm not gonna lie <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, it's such, it's such, it's just a good, it's just a good vitamin to have. If you're thinking about getting a vitamin and you really want to work on like your personal kind of wellness and stuff, then just try it and find out what you, what you think. Yeah, I would, that is one of the vitamins that I would recommend taking as well. Is it? That's interesting. Yeah, just, well, yeah, just because of the benefits for it. Like I'm still learning about it, so I'm not going to go into it at the minute um, purely because I don't want to mess anything up or get anything wrong. But yeah no from what I've learned that is one of the supplements that I would recommend because like a lot of people tend to take multivitamins and I think that you don't really need to because mainly because you can get all the vitamins that you need from food however in the winter months in the UK if we don't have the sun out or the sun's weaker than normal we're not going to be absorbing as much vitamin D 100% and I think that's where vitamins it, it, it is such a broad spectrum and it does need to be discussed with 
your clinician or your practitioner as to like what your needs are what what you kind of need to improve on and what's already working well for you and then it will almost be like they'll come together with this sort of like vitamin cocktail and it'll be a very personalized plan again you know again on a different sort of time scale not everyone will have the same time scale to go through it and yeah the the treatment plan will be so different person to person Mm. it's not really a one-size-fits-all kind of thing yeah no, but that was still so interesting. I think there have been some absolute gems in today's podcast. And also, even though I half knew some of these, I feel like I've learned a lot. Oh, good. I'm, I'm so glad. So, yeah, I really hope you've learned something from today. Let us know if you are now thinking about getting Botox. <laughs> yes, or those lip fillers. I will be taking, or we will be taking you on um, my lip filler journey as well so there will be pictures going up before and afters um where hopefully you will be able to notice the difference because i would like some lips but not to the extremes trust me it's gonna be great and you're gonna love it and you're just gonna be like why did i not do this 10 years ago (laughs) i know i'm so excited genuinely so excited yeah i mean hopefully someone found this helpful today i loved telling you guys a little bit more about the factual fiction of the industry and yeah i guess we'll come back next week with an even better podcast (laughs) yeah so that is it for today's podcast um we hope that you have all taken something away and learned so much from misha's knowledge and uh being in the aesthetics industry i thought it was absolutely bloody brilliant and i can't wait to learn more over the coming weeks and we shall see you all again next week for another fantastic podcast